Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, what does the team's NFL salary three-year cap analysis looks like? Pro Football Focus's Brad Spielberg will answer that question, plus plenty more. Coming up on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, July 6, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. And, of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you. And we appreciate my man Ari, who holds it down each and every day, making sure we're up on YouTube, looking good, sounding good, does a great job. You can always check Ari out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. And of course, we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line wide open like some old school TV antennas at 707-654-4693. Apparently, Threads is coming to the game. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Don't know if you're too familiar with Threads, but it's apparently related to Instagram. And well, uh, Threads looks like it's something that could be potentially taking over Twitter at some point. So we're trying to get prepared for that at your boy Q sports yeah that's what that's what i am right now on threads and i haven't put anything up there but just preparing just in case twitter takes a dump like we all expected to so i'm at at your boy q sports on threads again don't know if that's going to end up amounting to anything but apparently it's related to instagram and that's where everyone's kind of making the move to but Got plenty to come up on today's show before we make any kind of moves on social media or whatever the case may be. Plenty to get to on today's show. In segment number three, we got your calls and texts. We have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Coming up in segment number two, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. He was on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, on Radio Nation Radio 920 on Wednesday, and he was talking all things about the salary cap, and he put a really good piece out on Pro Football Focus. It was actually premium content on on Pro Football Focus about all 32 teams and really their NFL salary cap and breaking down the three-year analysis of it. So really good stuff. And where the Raiders were ranked, not too hot. But you'll hear the conversation, kind of talk about where the Raiders are as far as their win-now mode and maybe their no-man's-land conversation that we've had before. How do they get themselves out of the situation that they could potentially be in right now? You'll hear all those answers to those questions coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Of course, here in news, segment number one, we do news and notes of the day. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And of course, we're still on Josh Jacobs' contract uh, watch July 17th. That's the date we're looking to to get that long-term deal done. Don't know if that's going to happen. There's a lot of people that I've been having on my radio show as of lately that aren't too um, sure that it's going to get done by that July 17th date. Some believe that he'll play on a one-year deal. Some believe he'll hold out. I'm not in that camp, but we will see how it all shakes out. Nick Shook from uh, NFL.com, he was part of my radio show on Wednesday as well, and I asked him a variety of different questions, just all things NFL-related, and one of them happened to be about the running backs that are uh, still currently holding on to the franchise tag, talking about Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs, and basically, ultimately, what happens by that July 17th date. So you'll hear my question, and you'll hear Nick Shook's answer from NFL. 
gmail.com. Coming up July 17th, that's the deadline date for guys that have the franchise tag to get that multi-year deal done, or they have to play on the one-year franchise tag. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, they both hold the franchise tags right now. Neither one of them is signed. What do you think ultimately happens? Do they play on the one-year deal? Do they get a long-term deal? Do you think either one of these guys sits out? What do you think is going to happen with those two dudes? I think Jacobs plays on it because I think that there isn't going to be much room to budge in Vegas. That's just not the, the Patriot way of, of, you know, Ziegler and McDaniels. It's just, it's just kind of not. They don't invest in running backs. They haven't in a long time. Even if it makes a lot of sense, I just don't see that necessarily happening. However, Saquon, I think, could be a hold-in situation where he's at, he's at camp, but he's not participating, and he's waiting, and he's waiting, and he's waiting. And we'll see if uh, the Giants actually acquiesce because – you know, I understand from their position where they're like, we don't want to invest in you. You had one great bounce back season. You know, what if you get hurt again? What if you fall off? Mm-hmm. And it's a waste of money for us. It's a bad investment. Uh, personally, I think neither gets the deal done. I just think that uh, Saquon has to learn the hard way by holding in for a long time before he finally realizes, all right, I guess I got to go play on this one year deal. Whereas Josh, I feel like, I mean, at this basically at this time last year, we were talking about the Raiders auditioning him to move him <laughs> elsewhere and then right. he went and had a great year. And, and there's a lot of value in him, but there's not value in running backs. Right. There, there's just not. Franchise tag is going to pay you more than the average running back is getting right now. So um, it's it's instant reward. It's high risk. Um, but I just don't think that there's much else out there because the market is saying, look, we don't value these guys anymore. We're not going to you're just not going to get that kind of money anymore. It's just it's, it's a bummer for all running backs. Melvin Gordon has talked about it plenty, how it's just a bummer, yeah. but it is the reality of the situation. So there you go right there. He believes that Josh Jacobs is going to play on the franchise tag. $10 million, again, that's a, a nice little raise compared to what he would have got if he had got the fifth-year option picked up, which it would have been $8 million guaranteed, so $10 million is not bad. And who knows, if they do get a, a multi-year deal done, maybe it's a couple years, $20 million guaranteed, which is basically the equivalent of two franchise tags. But that was Nick Shook talking all things Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley as they're holding on to those franchise tags as running backs, as we know that is so devalued in the NFL. Now, I had a couple more questions that I asked Nick Shook from NFL.com about, and they were about the two first two opponents that the Raiders face in 2023, the Denver Broncos and the Buffalo Bills. And the reason I asked him about them is the fact that, well, we talked about them on the podcast on Wednesday when we were talking about the familiarity and continuity and how the Raiders have that going for them, where Denver, they're trying to change the culture. And, of course, Buffalo, they've got this situation going going on with Stephon Diggs. So the first question I asked was about the Broncos. You'll hear the question, and you'll hear Nick's answer about what Sean Payton is going to do in Denver with the Broncos and Russell Wilson. I think that Denver is going to be better. I don't think that they're going to be better immediately. And the Raiders, as of late, they've just owned the Denver Broncos. How quickly do you think Sean Payton could get things turned around in Denver? You know, that's a great question because Payton has a reputation for stability, for consistent success in New Orleans. But he also had Drew Brees. You know, um, I I, I think he can put his, you know, imprint on the franchise and get them in a more competitive state than they were last year when they were a disaster from week one on. So I think that they're, they're going to be better. Like you said, uh, it really comes down to Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson came to Denver last year, got preferential treatment as we've all found out since then he was a little bit out of shape. He played heavy. He's in better shape now. The question is, Is was last year an aberration or is it a sign of a gradual decline in his career? Because if he can get back to the Russell Wilson that he was in Seattle, even in the last couple of years in Seattle, uh, they'll be better instantly. Uh, Javante Williams coming back from his injury as well is going to be a big part of that offense. And, and so I think it just it depends on the quarterback. I mean, it's quarterback first league, and I think more with this team than maybe any other team in the NFL, probably in the AFC, 
It depends on if Russell Wilson can get back to the form that we expect from him or if he's just no longer that guy. So still a lot of unknown with how quickly Sean Payton could get everything turned around in Denver with the Broncos. Can Russell Wilson be that guy? I do believe Sean Payton is going to get things turned around, but as you heard me say to Nick, and I've said many times on this show, I don't think he's going to get things turned around that fast. I have a lot of confidence that the Raiders are going to be able to win that game against Denver week one. Of course, then they have to travel to Buffalo for week two. Now, Josh Allen, he went on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast with uh, with uh, 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 t- Tyler, uh, t- Taylor Luan, excuse me, and of course, Will Compton and was talking about all things Buffalo Bills and basically said that the media has blown this situation that's going on between him, Stephon Diggs, and of course the head coach Sean McDermott out of the water and it's the media's fault why people are still talking about it and I'm just not that guy. I'm a firm believer where there's smoke, there's some fire and I do think there's some situation going on in Buffalo but as I mentioned on the podcast on Wednesday, the one good thing that they have going for them is the fact that it happened in June. So I think that they have plenty of time to rectify the situation and get things cleared up and prepare for the upcoming season but it could be something that lingers a little bit, and I do think it may affect him early on in the season. So here's Nick Shook from NFL.com talking about the Bills, the second opponent of the season for the Silver and Black. Of course, the Raiders have to travel to Buffalo to face that team. You'll hear my question and his answer about the Buffalo Bills. Denver is the first team that the Raiders play in 2023. The second team is Buffalo, again, on the road. So two games out of the gates on the road. What do you think about the situation in Buffalo? Josh Allen says it's not a big deal. Uh, it's being really hyped up too much. But I always believe in where there's smoke, there's fire. What do you believe in the situation going on with Stephon Diggs, the Buffalo Bills, and Josh Allen? I think that there's uh, there's a value in, in, in both you know, sides of this coin, right? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Where there's smoke, there's fire usually. But the, but there's also some value in saying, we got it handled. Because you got it handled, but it's really temporary. If you don't produce the results, it's going to be an issue again. So you have to win. You have to win, you know, more key games than you've won in the last few years. Like, frustration. I mean, Stephon Diggs was visibly frustrated when they lost to the Bengals in the playoffs last year because it was a game they felt they shouldn't have lost. They underperformed. It was just a disappointing, you know, uh, uh, effort from them at home in the snow. So they have to win. If if they run into the same result again, I think it becomes a problem again. And of course, you avoid the, you know, the early season struggles that you hope that, you know, the stability and everything else has kind of already addressed that they'll be able to, you know, win some games throughout the season, not really run into too many issues in what's going to be a pretty tough division. Uh, But I think it all comes down to. Hey, can we get deeper in the playoffs than we did in the past? Because if they fall short again, uh, I can't imagine this isn't an issue again next offseason. So there it is right there. Nick Shook from NFL.com. Really good dude. You can find him on Twitter at the Nick Shook. Very good. Uh, you know, just sharp NFL mind. He's actually a guy that I met in Canton, Ohio last year when the Raiders were playing in the Hall of Fame game. I was actually sitting right next to him in the press box and we were talking about Josh Jacobs running uh, as they were using him in the Hall of Fame game. And he kept asking me, are the Raiders trying to trade Josh Jacobs? And I said, I don't know, but he's playing in the Hall of Fame game. Nobody plays in the Hall of Fame game. Then he goes on to lead the league in rushing, so there's that. But I've known Nick ever since then. He's been on my radio show many times. Really good dude, so I uh, thought that would be good to bring to the table on today's show. Coming up in segment number two, going to hear from Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Does a fantastic job for, for that uh, network, and uh, of course, that's all things numbers, but he had a really good article that he put out on ProFootballFocus.com, PFF.com on uh, Wednesday, so You'll hear him kind of break down with the Raiders part of this article as they come in at number 31 
out of 32 teams. What all does that mean? Well, you'll hear that coming up in segment number two after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is FanDuel. Right now, you need to take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting anything from the money line to the over-under, who you think is going to hit the first home run, the first five innings, whatever the case may be. And, of course, the all-star break is right around the corner, so they got the home run derby. There's going to be uh, lines on. On that, there's all kind of stuff you can bet when it comes to Major League Baseball and FanDuel. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. No better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. I want you to hear the conversation I had on Wednesday with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. Does a really good job, all things Pro Football Focus related. But he put out a piece. It was premium content on PFF.com. NFL salary cap, three-year analysis for all 32 NFL teams. And we'll start off with this. I'll read the write-up that he had as the Raiders ranked 31st. Remember, there's only 32 teams in the NFL. He said the Raiders are pulling in two different directions from a roster construction standpoint, recouping a grand total of a compensatory third-round pick after moving on from quarterback Derek Carr and tight end Darren Waller in the same offseason. Las Vegas is also dead last in active draft capital and has the fifth oldest roster, so in an incomplete group, doesn't seem to have a ton of upward mobility in the near future. That doesn't sound good, but it also has a lot of questions to be remained, right? So I reached out, got Brad Spielberger on my radio show, and we had a nice little conversation about that, plus a little bit more. So here's that conversation with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus on Wednesday on Raider Nation Radio 920. Man, your piece that you put out on Pro Football Focus really caught my attention. NFL salary cap, three-year analysis for all 32 NFL teams. So, of course, Brad, I looked down at the Raiders, and they were sitting there at number 30. So before we get into the ranking for the Raiders, how did this whole piece come together? Like, what's the math of the science project that it takes to put this piece together? Yeah, so first, thanks for having me on. And I think the, the main reason why I wanted to do a full-scale analysis of something like this is that We've probably talked about it on this show. You can't just look at a salary cap space number and immediately know where a team stands. There's so many other things that go into that. How do they structure their deals? How much talent do they actually have on the roster itself? Um, so I wanted to come up with kind of a five-pronged approach uh, that includes, you know, non-salary cap specific categories, but still capture, you know, if you have a good roster, maybe it doesn't matter how much cap you have. If you don't have a good roster and you don't have cap space, that's uh, obviously a, a very bad situation. So that was kind of the uh, you know the idea there. So I said that the Raiders came in at thirty. They actually came in at thirty first out of thirty two, which again is not very good. So and the first line is basically that the Raiders are are pulling in two different directions. Does that mean that they have to be in win now mode, or or what does that exactly mean? I mean, to a degree, I suppose so, right? Which is a tough scenario in that division in that conference, but. You're spending, obviously not a ton, but you are spending still on a veteran contract, a quarterback. You need to have a bunch of big rosters across the roster. You know, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, guys that obviously you should be paying. I'm not saying those deals are poor deals, but the issue really all stems back to just kind of wasting the draft picks you got for Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. Because you look at that and you say, okay, look, there's a lot of older players. There is some high-end talent here. The issue is 
near the bottom of the league in just active draft capital, which is just players that are still playing on those rookie contracts over the last three years. Uh, and the Raiders have one of the five oldest rosters in the NFL, um, which, which is, isn't what you'd expect considering how many picks they made over those years. Right. No, there's no doubt about that. And, of course, uh, as we know, you know, Jimmy G is now at the at the quarterback position and not Derek Carr. And a lot of people, including myself, believe that, you know, there's going to be a young quarterback to come take that spot sooner rather than later. But, Brad, and we talked about this kind of last week on the show, it seems like that they're in almost no man's land where they're not bad enough to get a high pick to get that top quarterback that they can have on that rookie deal for a long time, and they're not good enough to take that veteran quarterback, get it to the playoffs, and make a deep run. How do they kind of get themselves out of that out of that no man's land? I think that's exactly right. And actually, it's funny. I think that's almost what I'm trying to capture, right, is that, yeah, look, if you're very, very bad, but okay, but you can, you know, you don't have a lot of talent. You don't have a lot of pending free agents that are due for big deals which is something working in Las Vegas' favor right now. Pretty much all their guys are locked up for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, but can you then get back, draft a quarterback early, all those things? And I don't think they're so bad they're going to you know, win five or fewer games. So, you know, I think it is, honestly, is just continue to establish this culture, continue to let some young guys come in, like Tyree Wilson, like some of the picks in this draft, do what they have in this class with Michael Meyer as well, see if you have a foundation to build around. Um, and then, you know, maybe you're, you are one of those teams that trades up from the teams to the, the late single digits to take, you know, a, a quarterback prospect more in that area. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. How much do you think the familiarity of, well, now Josh McDaniels in year two with the silver and black, and of course Jimmy G is very familiar with Josh, Jacoby Myers is very familiar, guys like Devontae Adams have already been in the system for a year. How much do you think that that familiarity might be able to help this team just gel a little bit quicker than even they did a season ago? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think particularly in this offense, it's known to be more complicated, a lot of terminology, a lot of checks, all those things. And obviously he has a faith in Jimmy Garoppolo at the line of scrimmage calling things out that maybe there was some turmoil there with a Derek Carr. And so it wasn't just a pure talent conversation, but also, you know, can I trust this guy to run the offense? He knows what he's looking for. He knows what I'm looking for. And I do think it does go a long way. Uh, it's, just, it's not a magic cure-all, but, but I do. I think you see a lot of coaches, they kind of settle down in that second year they get to maybe guys that they, they have more faith in. You bring Jacoby Myers, a couple other former Patriots aboard, um, and, and maybe you just feel more com- comfortable calling certain plays or, or trotting out certain personnel packages. And it just it expands your playbook a little bit, which probably can always be a good thing. Again, we're talking with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. And, you know, the Bengals, it shouldn't be a surprise, but they're up there at the very top, right, as far as this uh, salary cap and this three-year analysis. How difficult is it for teams in general to be able to kind of hit that sweet spot where they have the talent that can go and get it done, but also they have the financials and they're using their draft capital in the right way? It can be tough, but I think you can kind of skirt the line. It's make a lot of tough decisions. And that's, I think, the biggest thing holding a lot of teams back is you land a good player, maybe not a great player, though, and you feel obligated to extend maybe all your good in-house guys or you feel like you're close and so you want to make a trade or, or make a big, you know, splash move when maybe you were still a couple more pieces away. So I think the big thing, you look at teams like the Chiefs and the Eagles, I mean, they're both in the top half of the metric. And it's, you know, look, I mean, you made a, a couple tough decisions. You trade away Tyree Kill. You let Javon Hargrave go in free agency to Philadelphia. And, yeah, you still can keep a lot of important veteran pieces around, but you are willing to here and there say, you know what, if we want to sustain a winner for a long period of time, we got to let some of those guys walk. 
How much of a, 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 a tough decision is it going to be for the Raiders and their situation that they're dealing with right now with Josh Jacobs as he's got the franchise tag, but he's a running back? And we know the value of the running back in the NFL is not where it should be. Yeah, no, it's – look, I, I think you can balance it. I mean, at this point, the market for running back is just so, so small that I – mean, I'm not going to say it, it. There's always an opportunity cost in every investment you make and every decision you make, but – I mean, we're talking about money now that even if he gets, let's say, $14 million a year, which I'm not even sure he hits that number, mm-hmm. that's a second-rate guard at the starting center. Like, it's, you know, I'm not saying those positions are bad, but I'm just saying, you know, a couple of years ago you look back and you'd say, you know, Adrian Peterson's getting wide receiver one money. Now Josh Jacobs is hoping to get wide receiver three money at this point. Is it more likely that he just ends up having to play on that one-year $10 million franchise tag deal as the deadline comes up on the 17th? You know, I think there will be a boiling point and inflection point to where he maybe realizes, all right, I'll push for, let's say, a three-year deal, um, you know, show short-term, get as much cash as I can, basically have two years guaranteed, which effectively is two franchise tags, maybe get a little bit more cash than those two deals combined, um, and, and just take that. I don't think it's going to be a whole lot more than that, but I think you see that with Nick Chubb and with other players recently who basically just says, all right, what are the two tags? I don't know, add $3 million on top of that, and I'll take it, even though I probably should arguably hold out for more. It's just not there. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And say rough this. want to get back to your piece real quick. NFL salary cap, three-year analysis for all 32 NFL teams. What part of the, the equation is teams that – routinely like max out their cap space and then just say, hey, we'll figure it out in the offseason like the Saints do. The Patriots have done it a lot. Just teams that know we're going to be up against it every single year, but we'll find a way to get under the cap space, and we're going to try to put all our chips in this year and try to make a run. Yeah, so I tried to penalize those teams in the, the total prorated money column. So really what that is is just whenever you give out a signing bonus or any prorated bonus, which basically means you can spread it over five years of the salary cap, what you're basically doing is using your credit card, and you're only paying you know, 20% down up front on that year's salary cap, and you're pushing 80% over the four remaining years of the deal. So the Eagles are now like off in their own galaxy uh, on that chart. Um, the Saints are, I think, second behind them. You know, They are the usual suspects on the top of that list. And then the Raiders historically have been the opposite, which is generally helpful, is to be go year by year, don't have any sunk costs, if you want to trade a player or you want to release a player, you don't really take any financial penalty when you do so. Um, so that's what that column factors in. But I didn't want to have it be too much of a weight and be too negative because as we see time and time again, like you just mentioned, I mean, those teams, they don't view it as a deterrent to spending more, obviously, you know, to a degree. So I don't want to make it as, well, you know, they've done this much so they can't do any more. It's more just like, hey, keep it in mind that, they have a lot of kind of unmovable costs, and eventually, let's take the Eagles, for example. I mean, with Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, like, when these guys do retire, they're all going to leave cap hits, and they're also going to leave void, you know, very good players um, at important positions across this roster. So there it is right there, and it's, it's wild. With the Raiders having the fifth oldest roster, with them not using a whole lot of their draft capital, again, going back to the Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper trades, you know, spending a lot of money, having guys that cost a lot like Max Crosby and Devontae Adams and others. Of course, there's still conversation about Josh Jacobs and his contract. It almost feels like they're in a win-now mode, 
But then at the same time, it almost feels like they're not, right? And it kind of goes back to the conversation. You heard me ask the question about no man's land. And, you know, Brad was basically saying, like, yeah, you know, they're kind of in that situation. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the Raiders are able to surprise the people in 2023 and maybe win some games and get off to that hot start that we talked about on Wednesday's show where all of a sudden they're in a nice little position and they surprise a bunch of people, jump up and bite some people because they're not paying attention. Oh, the Raiders aren't that good. Hopefully the moves that they made made them a real deal team that can go and get after it and hopefully that defense is able to complement the offense and hopefully Jimmy G is able to stay healthy throughout the course of the season or at least the majority of the season so I mean there's lots of hopes and ifs and what's and buts and all that good stuff right but uh, I mean it's just it's funny again kind of listening to to Brad talk and and read his piece that he put out on pff.com it almost goes back to the conversation that we had last week about the Raiders kind of sitting and hovering in no man's land and so thought that that was a good conversation that was very important to bring to the table here on the Locked On Raiders podcast what else is important to bring to the table your calls and your texts 707-654-4693 that's coming up in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. It's segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Joe from Kansas City. He's calling to talk about the continuity and familiarity, uh, familiarity, excuse me, something we talked about on Wednesday's show. Here he is, Joe from KC. Yo, what up, Q? It's your boy Joe from KC, man. Uh, just listened to uh, your podcast uh, today, and I heard uh, you mentioning like what we could possibly do with the uh, the continuity of the uh, of, of the team. Um, or, you know, start, maybe starting out two and zero, and how that continuity can just help us out. And uh, I, I would like to say that um, I think that the continuity could. Uh, benefit um, the, the team. I mean, when you got you know players like Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Hunter Winfro, um, Josh Jacobs, like players who are at the tops of their position in the league. Um, yeah, you know we should be able to bring some continuity back and, and be you know and really like get forced to be grateful. But you know. It won't matter because there's no sense of urgency um, with with uh, the front office and the uh, the coaching staff. And we've we've heard multiple times that uh, you know there's no there's no and flat out how they're playing. So much you know continuity as we could have with no sense of urgency, you know, it, it won't it won't matter. There's no rush to you know get Josh Jacobs signed. There's no rush to maximize uh, Devontae Adams' window or Max Crosby's window. And uh, I think because of that, it's just like, it, it won't matter. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's an unfortunate thing because I think we do have the pieces if we were to be a little bit aggressive in our approach to, yeah, definitely, you know, come out strong and, and make some things happen. But I don't think that's going to happen because we just, you know, there, there's a lot of time out there. And they want to build it their way. And so it's going to waste a lot of those uh, elite players that we have. 
All right, hope I'm wrong, though. Uh, let it go out. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And you don't know, man, it, it's funny. When it comes to the sense of urgency, he talked about it there in segment number two after listening to what Brad Spielberger had to say. It almost feels like they have to have a sense of urgency, and they don't want to waste. I know for a fact they don't want to waste the prime Mad Max. They don't want to waste what Devontae Adams has left. Of course, if they do sign Josh Jacobs to a, a long-term deal, they don't want to waste him either. So, you know, there's a lot of of question marks and the Raiders have to find a way to really play themselves out of it. Of course, they do have some young talent that they've infused into the roster this year, but you don't know what you're going to get from those guys for at least a year, maybe even two uh, in the NFL, see what kind of action they bring. So uh, there's still the jury's still out on those guys, but they've got to find a way to get younger They've got to find a way to get cheaper, but still they got to find a way to have a lot of talent on the team. And at some point, that might end up being a rookie quarterback on a rookie quarterback deal. Joe, thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Wine Country Raider. Said, what's up, Q? It's Wine Country Raider. I just want to hit on something real quick. First off, I'm not a big analytics guy. I get how prevalent it is in decision-making, but I really buy into the non-tangibles, the things players and coaches can bring to the table, the attitude of the locker room, the will to compete and find a way to win, the will to overcome adversity. If McDaniels and Zig are as, are as smart, they'll make sure to re-sign Jacobs and show the team that if you go out there and put it all on the field, you'll be rewarded, and that will give the locker room some confidence and motivation. The attitude of Josh and guys like Max and Adams will lead this team to greatness. That's my piece. Let's go, Raider Nation. Just win, baby. That's wine, country, Raider. And thank you for the text, first of all. And yeah, I, I agree, right? I'm not an analytical guy either, even though I know I had Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus on in segment number two. I, I know the analytics is important, so that's why I talk to guys from PFF. That's why I have them on my show, and that's why I brought Brad to the podcast today, because I do think it's important. I'm not an analytical guy either, and I've been saying for the longest that the Raiders have to continue to reward, especially homegrown guys. If you go after out there and get after it, then you've got to find a way to reward them. You've got to find a way to make sure they stay in-house and show the rest of the team and even free agents around the league that, hey, you go out there and you do what you're supposed to do for this organization, they're going to take really good care of you. The problem is Josh Jacobs is a running back, and we know that the, the value of the running back is just not there. So I don't know what they're going to do. If it's going to be a one-year deal, two-year deal, maybe they make it three-year deals with like a two-year deal uh, guaranteed or two, two years uh, you know, guaranteed out of the three. I don't know, but... They went and they extended Max. He was a homegrown guy. They extended Hunter. He's a homegrown guy. They extended Derek. He's a homegrown guy. They extended Darren Waller. He was basically a homegrown guy. Waller's now in New York. Derek's now in New Orleans. There's been conversations about Hunter being out of there. So, I mean, even when they do extend a homegrown guy, it doesn't mean that they're going to stick around for the long term, right? I mean, that's kind of the reality of it and something that I had to learn even as we go along. And I, th I feel like I continue to lose, learn, learn things each and every day. So, uh, Wine Country Raider, I agree with you 100%. You got to reward the ones that take care of you, especially the homegrown dudes. But we know the reality of the NFL. Even when you extend a guy and you reward a guy, the chances that they stick around long term aren't aren't that big because again all those guys are gone after being extended and Hunter Renfro has been a guy that's been talked about many times about being traded as well but thank you so much for that text I do appreciate you up next got a call from Tadris in, in Jersey he's calling to talk about Big Nate and Callie and the challenges that he faces and the fact that he could appreciate the story behind him then he also brings up Jimmy G and maybe there could be a silver lining if he gets injured and he'll tell us why now here's Tadris in Jersey what's up Q Tadris from New Jersey um, I'm calling about, this is one of those calls about life and all, overall and how you like to say sometimes it's not always about football. That call last week by Big Nate from California, the Pittsburgh Steelers fan, um, I just wanted to say how much I appreciated you playing that call 
Um, my man's partially blind. <clears throat> All the stuff that he goes through on a daily, day-to-day basis. And uh, from one Raiders fan to the Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I just want to say, man, keep you, got, keep you in my prayers. And um, I'm so happy that we have this, um, this, this bond with Q. <laughs> you know, like Q, you're creating something that's bringing someone happiness every single day. And that's just one person. You know, you got all the Raider Nation, you know, all combining. Sometimes people going to hate. People going to, you know, you can't make everybody happy. <clears throat> but to touch someone like like Big Nate, and um, as I heard as I heard your comments to Big Nate, uh, you know, you had mentioned that sometimes we joke and kid with Big Nate. I probably was one of the last ones that did that because I just wanted to know his story, you know. But you know. I'd not nowhere near want to make fun of anybody. It's all respect and love. I'm glad I got a chance to hear his story and uh, never make fun of Big Nate from Cali, man, because he does do the research. He knows the stuff. And um, if I can real quick transition to this one Raider point, what if Jimmy G gets hurt? Brock Purdy was able to take that team in the 49ers all the way to the uh, NFC Championship game, you know? All might not be lost if, if Jimmy G gets hurt. And this this guy, this rookie comes in, just like Brock Purdy. We never heard of a Brock Purdy before, you know. So just win, baby. That's my time. I love you guys. Peace. Tadris, thanks so much for the call, my man. And, yeah, I think it's awesome that we have a platform where we can always talk Raiders, of course, but we can also talk life. You're not going to be judged. You're not going to be, you know, clowned on. You're not going to any of that situation, right? I mean, real deal things. Life happens, and we talk about it here on the show, and I feel like it's a safe place to do that. As long as I've got anything to do with this show, that's how it's always going to be. And, yeah, Big Nate, I know that all of Raider Nation's got Big Nate's back, and I do appreciate Big Nate uh, sharing the challenges that he deals with on a daily with us here on the podcast and love the fact that he's part of, of this daily show and, and, and other daily shows here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as far as uh, if Jimmy G goes down and if, if Aiden O'Connell gets into some action, I honestly don't want to see him at all in 2023. If, if he's out there, that means that something terribly went wrong. But again, maybe you get an early glimpse of what Aiden O'Connell could be. And maybe like some people, including Big Nate, have said that he is going to end up being that franchise quarterback for the Raiders moving forward. Only time will tell. I have no idea. But as I mentioned, we'll find out sooner rather than later. And of course, training camp starting in what, 20 days is the first practice? Psh- It'll be here sooner rather than later, and we'll figure out and see exactly how it shakes out. So thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. Uh, Let's get one more call in before we close things down today. Uh, Raider Eddie in Denver, he's calling to talk about the Josh Jacobs contract situation. And, well, his thoughts probably aren't going to be the most popular thoughts. Let's put it like that. Here he is, Raider Eddie in Denver. Hey, Q, what's up? This is Raider Eddie in Denver. Um, I have an opinion on Josh Jacobs. It may not be the most popular opinion, but I just want to see what your thoughts are maybe even hear from some others in the nation about it. I, For me, Josh Jacobs didn't have a good year two and three in the league. His um, average yards per rush were, were low. They were right around four. Um, one, one of those years, it was below four. Just not great season. So they didn't, they didn't exercise his fifth-year option. We know that. And then he has this big, giant year last year in the contract year. I don't trust that he's going to put up those numbers again. Um, if he doesn't have to. So that's that's concern number one that I have on if I can trust Josh Jacobs. Uh, some others are just kind of these 
communications on Twitter and, and things that he says in interviews, I didn't love, you know, if you want me to be a hero, you got to pay me like a hero, whatever that comment was. And then later on, so he's making it about himself. Later on, there's a comment about, hey, I'm doing this for all the running backs that come after me, um, behind me, you know. And that doesn't make any sense. I think he's trying to now deflect and make it as if, you know, he's doing something for others. When, when really, no, you're sitting out for yourself. If you really want to make a difference for others, there are other ways to do that. You know, use your, your agent to try to, or work with the, um, the collective bargaining, uh, teams to try to adjust, you know, the leverage that the running backs have. That, that might be a way to go about doing that. But to just kind of say, Something like that. I thought that was just kind of goofy, and I, I didn't, I didn't love that coming from Josh Jacobs. Um, he's fighting with fans on Twitter, I guess, arguing some kind of petty comments. And then I, I also heard, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I also heard that he missed a camp that he was putting on for kids because he said he was sick. I, I, all of that stuff, I don't love all that stuff. Uh, the other stuff that I have heard is that he's a hard worker and, and, and stuff like that. I don't know, man. I, I'm not really feeling it from Josh Jacobs. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, let me know. Do you love the show as always? Talk to you later. Thank you so much, Raider Eddie, for the call. I appreciate you. And look, I don't worry too much about social media stuff when it comes to players. Um, you know, I, I don't get too worried when Josh Jacobs says he wants to get paid like a hero. That's kind of what players do now, right? They scrub their social media. They, you know, they put out cryptic messages. Um, that, and that's how they start to show their frustrations with the organizations. And look, I don't know if it's been proven that that actually works. I don't believe it. I think that it's dumb to do stuff like that. And he hasn't scrubbed his social media, but, you know, just putting out hero turned villain and bad business and other cryptic messages that he's put out there. I mean, I, I get it, right? But again, I think that he's just trying to negotiate. And he's probably doing what his agent is telling him to do. Just let it be known publicly that he's not happy with the way the negotiations are going. As far as his camp that he missed, what I've been told about that wasn't that he didn't show up because he was upset with the organization. He called that off because he had a family emergency. At least that's what's been told to me. So I don't know if you have some better information than I do, but what's been told to me is that it was a family emergency and he just didn't have another date where he can reschedule it. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know Josh Jacobs that well, but what I do know from him, he wouldn't take out his frustrations on the team when it comes to contract negotiations on the kids. He, he's just not cut like that. That's not who Josh Jacobs is. So I don't believe that that has anything to do with the contract negotiations. That just happened to be a situation where he just wasn't able to avoid it. Uh, I have people on my show each and every week that are pretty close to Josh, and that was the information that was relayed to me. So maybe you know something that I don't know, and uh, maybe there's more to it. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't think so. So I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't think too much of it. But thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. As always, coming up tomorrow, we'll have more calls and texts. Matter of fact, got a pretty lengthy text from Welsh Raider. We'll have more calls as well. We'll have more news and notes. We're continuing on Josh Jacobs' contract watch. Again, July 17th is the date that we're looking for. And of course, we'll have more conversation as well as we continue to roll through this week. And we'll close out the week really strong here tomorrow on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.